0: You ever met anybody you didn't kill well i haven't killed you yet yeah. Well, yeah. well don't do me no favors don't you worry. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the And Why Not Summer Specials 2022, the summer special episodes from the movie podcast from The Nerds Who Haunted Themselves. I'm Stuart Moraine, and each episode for the next 10 weeks, with a week off in the middle, I'm joined by a guest to talk about an 80s or 90s action movie, carefully selected from a long list the guests had to pick from. So over the next 10 weeks we'll be discussing, in no particular order, Lethal Weapon, Commando, Beverly Hills Cop... Cobra, Taffin, Last Action Hero, Out for Justice and the Nick Cage Holy Trinity of Conair, Face Off and The Rock. To kick the specials off, Daryl Thorpe and I head back to the 1980s to discuss the Richard Donner buddy cop classic Lethal Weapon. I uh, hope you enjoyed the film talk and as always, and if you feel like doing so, you can keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials and in the And Why Not Facebook group or wherever you see this episode posted. And now, with an advance warning on spoilers and all of that introduction stuff out of the way, Let's roll the trailer for Lethal Weapon. He's the criminal's worst nightmare.
0: A cop who enjoys the danger. No guns, no jiu-jitsu, just bring him down. Do you really wanna jump? Well, then that's fine with me. Come on. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Wait a minute, dude. He was ready to retire. Now, he's gonna wish he had. Guns! Raj, meet your new partner i <laughs> oh, for this. If these guys can just stand each other... What you got in here? Boy and Smith? A lot of old-timers carry those. The bad guys don't stand your chance. Don't kill anybody. Don't kill anybody. I'm too old for this. Are you as good as you say you are? Nobody can touch me. Suppose we better register you as a lethal weapon. You ever met anybody you didn't kill? Well, I haven't killed you yet.
1: Hello, Daryl. How are you?
2: Hello. Stuart, Moranus, Capersius, Maximus, killerus how are you?
1: I, I'm all right. I feel I cannot live up to to any of that. I know you well, look pretty well, striking, Maximus, I look pretty striking look like
2: tonight, on. I must say. Very striking. you got a beard that a Spartan would be proud of,
1: sir. <laughs> yeah, weird grey bits in it, though. I'm feeling my age. Oh, uh, God. But How's things? How's, how's, yeah. how's life? Life
2: is... Hunky dory, it's all good, yeah. Can't complain. Um I mean we could really go into it, can we? But I feel like there's enough bullshit going on in the world that we people aren't wanting to listen to this podcast for a political input on like the... <laughs> <laughs> I
1: came for lethal weapon, not
0: this <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah honey, Christ, yeah, let's not open that floodgate. Jesus no. <laughs> <laughs> It's like every time we go up in the morning the news is on, it's like fuck me, this is but, a tire fire, isn't it? <laughs> yeah yeah so it's, it's the wonder i slipped into a world back into the comfortable world of film
2: yes indeed yeah
1: <laughs> but but yeah so yeah today we're talking about uh lethal weapon yes one the, of the greatest films ever made very much so um written by shane black with jeffrey bohem doing an uncredited rewrite to add humor and the like uh directed by richard Donner, starring mel gibson danny glover gary Busey, mitchell ryan tom atkins uh, Darlene love and steve Kahn. I'm not sure if i pronounced his surname right but that's what i'm going with I mean, uh released Kahn, in, yeah. yeah released in cinemas on the 6th of march 1987 in the u.s and then we got it several months later on the 28th of august uh, 1987 uh grossed 120 million on an estimated budget of fifteen thousand. that's worldwide according to mdb and roger ebert gave the film four stars out of four saying i'm a guy who's bored with shootouts and chase scenes i've seen it all but this movie thrilled me from beginning to end and i think that's pretty fair yeah i think yeah i mean i don't know about where you first lethal weapon first came into your life but it very much i was what seven eight at the time it came out so
2: yeah i was gonna say i'm about
1: uh five so like very that. much not in the target audience for it the no. depressing thing is that i realized that i'm now older than danny glover was when he made the film and was declaring that he was too old for this shit
2: we are too old for this shit
1: <laughs> within the film he's 50 but in real life he was 40 and i'm like fuck you know was he really yeah <sighs> oh,
2: fuck. i feel like I, I feel like we look better than danny glover in lethal weapon there, don't we i feel like we look more youthful I don't know he did look too old for that shit especially in leave away from four fucking hell <laughs>
1: well yeah <laughs> He's
2: quite jacked actually wasn't he is it the first one or the second one where he's in the bath first the
1: first, first one, time yeah, is he... his 50th birthday isn't it that's it. yeah
2: yeah yeah so he got oh. he's quite it's quite stacked. 'Cause because he did uh, alien versus predator didn't he like he was predator too so, yeah predator too so that was around the same time as this wasn't it from memory
1: yeah, because there's a couple of actors from this film in it as well. Um, mm. Steve Kahn's in it and Gary Boosie's in Predator too, as well. Yeah. It's like Legend. a nice little uh, Lethal Weapon remit. Uh, Steve
2: Boosie's remi- one of those... We'll obviously talk about it properly, but obviously Steve Boosie's like one of the one of my favourite bad guys because he looks, looks unhinged so much.
1: Yeah. I, I had an online incident with Gary Boosie once. <laughs> what, actually <laughs> with, with him? Not with him. I... um replied to a tweet they'd used him because they were trying to again we'll get into the lethal weapon tv series later yeah. on but um they were trying to drum up support for it because obviously there was a lot of backlash to him firing rigs um so they got gary boosie in to watch the trailer for the th- third season and it was like gary boosie endorsing it and i just as a joke was like you know i'll oh, come on at this stage gary boosie will turn up to the lifting of a toilet seat <laughs> but i didn't realize that when i replied it had tagged him in it
2: oh man so
1: he replied being like i like toilet seats and i was like fair play sir
2: (laughs) that is so cool that you actually i also had this thing in
1: the back of my head of like gary boosie just behind the hedge waiting to take me out yeah yeah
2: yeah Yeah. the thing where i was reading about um the other day because obviously like just doing a little bit of research for this and it was like um he tried to channel the he wanted to look like a shark uh like a like dead-eyed like dangerous kind of There's nothing there behind just the killer instinct kind of thing and he said that um there's something along the lines and i'm kind of paraphrasing slightly but he said something along the lines of that um he used to visualize having to go and get a stamp from the other side of the room and um his grandma was dead and there's blood everywhere and he didn't remove his gaze from the stamp and then he could then remove uh, his glasses and then his eyes would just literally be like lifeless. And he's like, that's what he was always aiming for in the in the Leaf Weapon film, was to have these kind of lifeless dead. There's nothing there's no human behind this kind of you know, um militant combated killer.
1: Yeah. Well and that's the very reason I was terrified he'd come after me. <laughs> like yeah. I said, I will hold my hands up, I was being a dick to Gary Boosey yeah. when I did that tweet. Like I say, it was meant to be a funny, He's like the,
2: but... he's like the John Ottaway of uh, film stars, isn't he, I guess?
1: Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, it's so weird seeing Gary Boosie in this, because the other film I was familiar with him from was Under Siege. Yeah. Or he's a yeah. very different, unhinged character. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then in Point Break, he's a lovable rogue. So... Yeah. I'll point Break. Okay.
1: Anyway, yeah. Evil weapon. But, but yeah, so sort of, what are your memories of first seeing it? again this is one of those films i think was always there but
2: yeah so i so the, here's some here's some little interesting factoids from my for weapon love so hank the comic i just did i did with tribute press um is his outfit is loosely based on uh rigs in that he wears cowboy boots 501 jeans a raggy kind of he wears a baseball top and Riggs doesn't admittedly but then he wears the kind of the, the big kind of uh quick jacket you know like the kind of big 80s style, yeah. you know ski jacket sort of thing and then he's got the uh the classic mullet and the reason why i put um hank in that in that out in that clothing is because i remember my dad and his and their buddies um thinking that things like predator and Terminator and all those sort of things were really cool and i remember my dad thinking that um rigs was super cool and my dad used to wear 501s cowboy boots and then like a kind of oxford shirt kind of tucked in but kind of my dad was a laborer so he's always a bit rough and ready anyway and then he had like that kind of classic uh kind of swept back hair that kind of just slightly covered the ears <laughs> do you know what I mean like
1: with the, the half just, cover
2: yeah you could just see the lower lobe kind of thing. <laughs> and there's always like you always had a comb in his back pocket and you could see the comb through the jeans see, yeah and I always remember all the boy all the guys at the trades and labour club where I used to go um the weekend and all of them would be like a kind of slightly rigs incarnate around the darts you know there'd always be a guy of a, a power mullet and like but they're all in stonewashed five ones kind of either like white white trainers or cowboy boots or boots or whatever and then they'd all be in like t- every t-shirt or shirt whatever was always tucked in <laughs> do you know what i mean like, it'd be the height of summer it'd be like t-shirts tucked in leather belts it's <laughs> just like yes yeah, so i just i just remember just seeing Riggs and just thinking he was a, the coolest fucking guy like just so cool like, just so cool and I still yeah. to this day just think he's like, yeah, every time people say to me, uh, we have those kind of discussions, who'd you be action wise, I'm like Martin Riggs all day long.
1: He's just, the, he's the, just the best. doesn't give a fuck.
2: Yeah, but, it's been what I found really interesting. And I think this happened when we watched Big Trouble, actually, is when you watch something just for the pure enjoyment of watching it and you've watched it when you're I mean, I must have watched Leave a Weapon like a thousand times.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. When you watch it again properly, you, ser- you start to realise there's a lot of bits in it that are a lot deeper than just a buddy by the action film. And you start to realise that, you know, like where Riggs, you know, where Riggs says that he isn't crazy at the end. And you think, no, because you've clearly got fucking PTSD, PTSD from yeah. being in the military and your wife dying and all these things. And I think like looking back in it, it's one of those films where you just think it's got everything about it. And I, I read one of the articles, I think it was, is it black? Isn't it? He's the guy that directed it.
1: Uh, Shane Black wrote it. yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so yeah, he wrote it. Um, so he was saying that, um, how the film has basically been a model for all other cop films, like buddy cop films They're after, which I totally agree with. But he said the problem is, is that the other films, they don't actually have a personality behind. There's not a backstory to the actors, so they don't. They're always a bit empty. And I think when I read that, I was like, no, he's got a point because Glover's going for his own shit and Riggs is going for his shit and they're both like quite in a dark in a weird little dark place of their own and then they kind of come together and this kind of frictious friendship kind of haphazardly works
1: doesn't it yeah it feels a lot more believable um yeah because it's it's interesting with the exception of like 48 hours and running scared beforehand it mm -hmm. wasn't very much the solo lone cop he occasionally yeah. had a partner who was either there to get killed off or you know mysteriously disappear before the final act kind of thing yeah,
2: yeah.
1: um but then after this it seemed to be heavy into the buddy cop thing and probably yeah. arguably most successfully done post that would be bad boys maybe yeah, which is I basically would. the same formula where you have yeah. got the family cop and you've got but instead of a you know yeah. suicidal guy who lives in a trailer it's the rich kid who yeah or you know the son of
2: He's still Yeah, he had wealth. Yeah, because actually, yeah, because he's still high octane though, isn't he? Will yeah, for that, he's still like, he's not quite as kind of mental as Riggs, but, but he's,
1: he's he's like the, he's like the, the 90s uh thrill seeker, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Living exactly. He's like a yeah adrenaline
2: thing. junkie, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. And he's got something to prove the whole time, so I think yeah. that that's like he's kind of that's his kind of thing. But yeah, you're right. It just hasn't, you know, because obviously, I think. I read as well that Bruce Willis um, was potentially going to
1: do yeah, this
2: I've got film the, and Mel Gibson was going to do, potentially do Die Hard before. Yeah,
1: I think Bruce Willis was offered it. Christopher Reeve apparently was also offered it as well. Yeah. Um, but he turned it down, which that would have been an interest in Riggs. I love Christopher Reeve, but I can't yeah. see him as Riggs. No. And the one point, name that did come up, I don't know. Again, this is just from reading different things online, so I don't know how true it is. Um, was Michael Bean? it was hicks and aliens was also a potential rigs which i could actually see working
2: oh that'd be quite good yeah
1: it would have been a potentially more intense because shane black's original script was a lot darker it didn't have the humor in it
2: there's one bit that was like i've read in one of it where the um someone gets decapitated
1: i think yeah i think like the hollywood signs on fire and the world's gone to shit yeah. and all that but so i could see yeah. michael bean as that rigs um, yeah yeah because he's not really this, this just it's a, a lovable playable character is he no, I mean, he's lovable as Hicks, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, But yeah, I mean... um, Yeah, I think it's just a charm to Gibson's performance. Yeah. It's like, you know, say what you like about the man himself now, without going yeah. into any details on it, but yeah. that motherfucker had a charming screen presence throughout his career. Yeah.
2: Man, I love him. Absolutely, even when he's playing, like... like,
1: the bad guy or some smarmy shit, yeah. there's something charming about him.
2: He's just... Yeah, it's the baby blues, isn't it? Yeah. Just, he's, he's just a like, even if you think like Tequila Sunrise, and you've got him and Kurt Russell, like two of my favourite, you know, both my favourite acts in the film together. And like in that, he's still, he's this kind of lovable rogue, this kind of, you know, kind of fuck up really. But yeah he's just brilliant. I think he's always had that. Like, I mean, I even watched, um, what well, do you remember like What Women Want, whatever it was yeah. that he was in?
0: And even Which that I found cinema.
2: hilarious. I was like, yeah, fine. Brilliant. Gibbo's in it. I mean, yes. <laughs> I think the only film I always felt was a bit naff was Ransom. I didn't really like Ransom.
1: See, I liked Ransom. Conspiracy Theory is the one for me. I've tried several times because oh, it's yeah. Gibson, it's Richard Donner directing again.
2: Yeah, no, that's a bit hard. Yeah, because ran- I always get um, Ransom and Payback mixed up. Yeah. So I, I think I get more pissed off because I love Payback.
1: Yeah, I like payback because that's
2: absolutely brilliant. And then I that's, put Ryan's the Parker and,
1: film, isn't it, where he's not called. They weren't allowed to call him Parker.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just remember being like, "This is brilliant," and then turning on and like sitting there watching it, and then being like, "Oh, no, this is one where his kid gets kidnapped." And he's not that hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he still gets the run, jump, and slide across the bonnet of a car moment in that though. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean, his chemistry as well with um, Danny Glover like unbelievable there's there's romantic comedies where you don't get chemistry like that between the two love interests
2: no i'm not
1: saying it's got you know yeah sexual undertones to their chemistry they've just got a really good buddy chemistry it's just
2: yeah i think what's brilliant about it is the how they kind of set the two characters up you know the whole bit where glover tries to take him out and then Riggs spins him round and points the gun at him and he's yeah. like, "Oh, this is your new partner, kind of thing." And he you've, <laughs> "You've already got this kind of," and he's like, "Already, like, I'm too old for this shit, kind of thing." But and like the bit where he jumps off the building with the um
1: with uh, this, the the jumper, the suicidal, gun. the suicide
2: jumper. So they see they set all these things up where Danny Glover's getting more and more worried.
1: <laughs> like that scene between the them where he gives him with? his gun. And yeah. He's, like you know, do it, do it. It's like put yeah. it under your, put it in your mouth. You might yeah. go through your ears, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just that realization that he has.
0: Hey, okay, no bullshit. You want to kill yourself? Oh, fuck Christ! Shut up! Yes or no? You want to die? Yes or no? Huh? I got the job done. What Thank the hell do you, you want? Do you get after the question? What do you want to hear, man? Do you want to hear that sometimes I think about eating a bullet? Huh? Well, I do. I do. I even got a special one for the occasion with a hollow point. Look, make sure it blows the back of my goddamn head out. Do the job right. Every single day I wake up and I think of a reason not to do it. Every single day. you know why I don't do it? This is going to make you laugh. You know why I don't do it? The job. Doing the job. Now that's the reason. You want to die. I don't... I'm not afraid of it. I ain't afraid of it. take my gun. Don't nibble on the barrel, pull the trigger. Go ahead, pal. Be my guest, go ahead if you're serious. You shouldn't tempt me, man. Put it in your mouth. Bullet might go through your your ear and not kill you. Yeah, under the chin. Yeah, 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 under the chin. (laughs) Listen, yeah.
1: great. I mean, Gibson when he's like trying to kill himself when he's looking at the picture of his wife.
2: Oh God, that, with the gun. That's yeah. some of the
1: best fucking acting I've seen for a scene like that in anything. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: And just the whole, you know, where he realizes he can't do it.
2: Yeah and he just kind not yeah and he's kind of choked up isn't he And he's just lamenting over it and and i think it's that it's that point i think when i like was re-watching it that i kind of took a bit more stock as to like what what's going on here it's not that he's a, a crazy action he's not like a schwarzenegger kind of guy that can just or bruce willis that's just happy to like run into stuff and blow things up and be completely fearless it's that he just wants to he wants to die but he can't physically
1: yeah, understandably do, do
2: it to himself. Like he that, just... was,
1: that was quite a nice addition. I thought they did in the TV series where the reason why he couldn't kill himself is because his wife would be ashamed of him. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that was quite a nice character beat.
2: Yeah. I mean, it
1: doesn't need to be said in this film, but obviously with no. the TV series, you've got more to yeah. build on. But again, like I say, we'll come to that sort of later yeah. on, but, but yeah, I mean, it's massively 80s. but I love that Kelly from cheers is in it briefly. Yeah before yeah. she dives off the building. But yeah, I
2: think yeah, there's just it's it's one of those films that's packed, isn't it? It's super packed with um kind of like you say, like she she kind of die, dies at the beginning and then you're kind of then flipping in and out of the glover, um, Mel Gibson kind of how how that all kind of gets started. You then got like shootouts in the christmas yard and that whole thing going out on as well
1: that seems great as well that introduction to Riggs. yeah i love it where he's carrying out a hundred dollars
2: yeah <laughs> it's
1: like, again it's a scene that's been overplayed in different variations in other films but it's just the way he's like shut up man i'm losing count one, two, three, and flip, and one, <laughs> say he's, he's so good um,
2: they get they get very good bad guys as well don't they like,
1: yeah because i mean i knew mitchell ryan more from dharma and greg yeah he was either i think he was greg's dad i want to say it's been a long time since i've seen it yeah
2: yeah
1: but i'd obviously seen these i'm more i saw lethal weapon 2 more as a kid because i think we taped that one off the telly so then when i came to this one i was like fuck me this one's really dark compared to yeah given that lethal weapon 2 is the one where they kill out kill off the entire squad
2: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: but Riggs is so much darker in this one yeah yeah, something we'll sort of come to later but i think that's it i think this one i was like this one's a bit heavier
2: yeah i think because i I get the two crossed over quite a lot and but Riggs becomes more comical in the second one
1: yeah
2: but i think they that was quite good because it kind of shows you that um his relationship with is kind of settling and therefore he's got a home and he's got a kind of family to kind of latch onto a bit whereas yeah in the first one you've kind of met this lone wolf essentially haven't you that's no one can tame essentially
1: yeah it's um there's have you ever seen the director's cut of the film which I don't think is actually a director's cut I think it's just uh we chuck some extra scenes in and put it out no it.
2: yeah no apparently it's got a different ending and there's a couple of other bits in the middle isn't there
1: yeah, I mean, I think all the deleted scenes are on the they're on the Blu-ray. I'm pretty sure they're on the DVD as well. But um, I can see why they're cut. They kind of slow the film down. There's a very good one with a sniper at a school.
2: Oh, that's it takes. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah,
1: which yeah, you know, I could see why you potentially move that. Given how common school shootings are at the moment in America, yeah. so yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable. I rewatched the scene today, which, given what's happened recently, yeah, at the time we're recording this, it's yeah. it's not a comfortable scene to watch (laughs) no but um it's a very good scene for setting up riggs a little bit more because you don't really get it with the jumper scene
2: no the jumper scene the guy who plays the
1: jumper is horribly overacting yeah he he really sticks out in the film yeah i don't know if it's just bad adr and afterwards or
2: yeah i find he's kind of annoying and then when i I always put it like funnily enough i was quite happy when riggs throws him off the building (laughs) because i'm like yeah i probably would it's not like he's going to die. He's just going to fall into a big pillow.
1: It's It, it ranks up there with the uh, suicide jump of things from the film. So you've got the one in Dirty Harry, you've got the one in Crocodile Dundee's the first. Yeah. It's in the first one, in not it, where he's walking Yeah, he walks out.
2: I'm just out here for a walk, mate. Yeah.
1: So, which which has got the horrible thing where he finds that he's gay and that's what makes Crocodile Dundee nearly fall off the building.
2: Yeah,
1: but, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, no, this is a great... Like I say, if it wasn't for that guy overacting, that would be great. But I think the school sniper scene sort of sets the, the suicidal rigs a bit more than. But like I say, it's just not a comfortable scene to see. Now.
2: No. No, I, mean, I wish I, I kind of, it's one of those things whenever I, because again, reading up about it before we uh, do this sort of thing. When I read that there was a director's cut, I was kind of a bit gutted that I haven't seen any of it at all. So.
1: It's, yeah cause the sniper that's the cuz i had on dvd was the director's yeah. cut um because I, like, I don't remember this scene i don't remember this scene because obviously i haven't watched it on telly you don't know about no. the well you know there's deleted scenes potentially but i was like i don't remember i must have just obviously blanked all these bits out because it's quite a good one where he picks up a prostitute to go and watch three stooges with yes. him at home yeah which again that... adds nothing to the film at all it's just quite a nice no. little character moment yeah and it's there's a really sad, nice one he's talking to Murta's daughter after um rihanna's been kidnapped yeah saying that he'll get her back and that sort of thing um because like there's a couple of nice little moments in it but nothing that really i think it would have slowed down the pace of the film um which is not a long film it's you know take out the end credits well under two hours not long much over an hour and a half um
2: yeah it's it's a, i just it's a very good it's quite a fast film yeah, it's very kind of like moves nice and quick, and I think you know, the having um see Boos's character opposite him was a great kind of lineup for me. Like, I yeah. kind of, it was you know, and they had that classic scrap, like, that's one thing I always love with um lethal weapons is that there's always you're waiting, for, it's almost like you're always waiting to the end of the film for Riggs to
1: then like have a scrap <laughs> for the unnecessary man on man
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: you can Does tell happen- that was an age where the cops didn't have body cams on
2: can yeah
1: yeah giving him a that they're surrounding him at the end is
2: it doesn't Danny Glover just say no no let him go at it or something it. Is it,
1: he holds them he's, back he's stopping it? them all yeah It's like this is his collar let him have it
2: yeah it's like it's not a collar mate you're beating the ten <laughs> bells out of him
1: But I mean he gives as good as he gets to be fair so. yeah yeah, yeah. But
2: they can. If he he just did like... just kill
1: two cops that were the sacrificial cops sitting on the house. Yeah, yeah. Which you kind of wonder why they were there, because they were they were only there to get killed. Given that the house was empty and it was a setup anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it feels a little bit like you know, <laughs> officer cannon and officer fodder. <laughs> <laughs> i was just waiting for one of them to be like you know after tonight it's retirement all the way
2: <laughs> yeah 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 that's a that's a classic classic thing isn't it in films Oh like parody films anyway they'd be like yeah been here it's like the guy from um die hard is it two or three die hard two is it the one where they're at the airport yeah and they old guy when he's in the church and he's yeah. like, uh, he's kind of, he's stood there, isn't he? And then they, the guys come in and they're like, he's like, oh, I feel like a piece of me. He's dying with this old place. And then the uh, that, the kind of assassin guy is like, yeah. And he's just like, fuck.
1: Brutal.
2: It's, in a church.
1: I know. Dino 2's got some really uncomfortable scenes in it that really yeah. take you out of enjoying that film. but Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that haven't aged well in this film. Like, you know, Murtar trying to put Riggs out after the house explodes. Yeah. When he's trying to pat him down and Riggs is like, what, are you a fag? Yeah. It's like, that's, oh, that's a bit isn't it? There's, there's a couple of like racial bits. And there's a weird bit where um, um, Murtar suggests that Dixie was in bed with Amanda and Riggs is like, disgusting but okay it's like is he disgusted because oh, dixie was yeah. a prostitute or because it was a lesbian thing <laughs> yeah 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 oh yeah it's like i I'll didn't pick it up it on it. that she was like a prostitute maybe but yeah like I say, it's just little things like I say you can go through any 80s or 90s movie with a fine tooth comb and be like yeah this this, this is
2: inappropriate
1: <laughs> it's not as inappropriate as a lot of other films i've seen
2: <laughs> no no i watched but, uh was it smokey and the bandit yeah maybe about maybe last year and that is bad. It's <laughs> <laughs> just bad. It's a good film but it's just fraught with problems.
1: Yeah, like I say, you can, I've not got time for those hot takes on 90s films that you say occasionally no. you pop up on. No. Or, you know, all the people that are like, we should cancel Friends because it's like, it's like, it ended 10, well, nearly 20 years ago now. It's like,
2: just, yeah, yeah, get over it. It's fine. Move on.
1: Just let it go. It's a piece of its time. It's not, like I say, there's there's worse things out there you could be going after, but I do love the shooting range scene in this as well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I think that's again, the, it's another point where you, it's kind of, you know, it, it it helps the two characters come together, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it it you know like at the beginning, Murtagh's kind of um his view of Riggs is shot he's just like I've got this maniac who's on a death wish I'm about to retire I'm too old for
1: this shit like feels like a guy who's just trying to get through the job to retire yeah, him, doesn't I he just, I've
2: literally got a few weeks left like please can we just you know and then and then obviously Riggs is like they're, they're uncovering a huge drug ring and he's he's almost just like oh, can we just fuck man know, that's like I feel his pain just like I just I've almost made it
1: and I'm—I'm
2: been shot. I'm not dead. Like I just—I'm ready to just, you know. It's like to, why to are you leave. me with
1: this asshole.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's just the way Riggs is sending the target further and further down. He's just like do do do
2: do do do. Yeah. <laughs> but then I guess when they do that it's, again, it's like when they are the shooting range. He starts to learn that he's, you know, ex-military and all this sort of stuff. So it's kind of—he knows he's not completely you know, a psychopath that's got a death wish. He's, there's something a bit more there, isn't there?
1: Yeah. When he's talking about like the shot he took that like one in 10 people, well, there's only 10 people in the world that can take it after he's been to the Murtaugh family meal. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, a yeah. really nice thing that he tells this really dark story and goes home. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, just a fucking. <laughs> I love like the fact
2: as well, like his wife's cooking is, is such a, is such a, a like a strong joke through all films you know like Riggs is eating dog biscuits but he doesn't he won't eat any of Motar's wife's food that's it that's Trish, the Trish's one, food it? yeah <laughs> trying to quit smoking so I'm eating dog biscuits
1: which at the end isn't it it's like if you think you're going to make me go work in there alone and eat the world's worst turkey <laughs>
2: that's
1: it yeah yeah
2: and he but brings the dog in that's
1: <laughs> to help out <laughs> which that's meant to be the Griswold house from oh, the is National Lampoon's film but it looks it looks the same, but it looks different. Obviously, the inside's different because it's a yeah. completely different set. But the exterior is meant to be. I believe that's the one they use in the TV series as well. But it's a different house for the Murtaugh house. I think the oh. neighbor's house is the Murtaugh house from the film. But, um, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of weird in that, that little National Lampoon's connection, uh, given that National Lampoon spoofed this film as well. Yeah. With a loaded weapon one. Um, Did that actually, I haven't actually ever seen that. But well, Loaded Weapon 1.
2: Yeah, did that actually come out? Wasn't it Emilio Mesavez and Samuel Jackson? Or
1: yeah. Something? It did. I think it's on YouTube to watch in full. I loved it as a kid. I've never gone back to it because spoof films I always found hilarious as like 13, 14, yeah. that sort of age. Yeah. Like Naked Gun was the funniest. Oh thing my I've God. Seen.
2: Yeah, Naked Gun was the best.
1: Well, that was, but, um, Some of them I'm always scared to go back to because, you yeah, know, you remember me in hysterically in your head. But then so I watched The Trailer for Loaded Weapon 1 just to try and rejig my memory of it and I was like it's true it's not pretty funny oh God <laughs> but I know as a kid I found it hilarious
2: that's a bit a bit all like all the naked guns the police academies I remember there being a huge swath of like those kind of comical cop kind of yeah. parody dramas wasn't there a uh, parody cop film sorry um but yeah no, I never saw I never saw that and i and I was kind of I don't think I'd ever go and watch it because I like Emilio Estevez and I like um, Samuel Jackson. I don't know if, although it sounds quite cool. I don't know if it would be.
1: No, I might rewatch it this weekend. I didn't want to rewatch it before this because I didn't want to be like, you know, and then that bit in lethal weapon where they zip up <laughs> John Lovett's in a body bag. Like, what the fuck is that? It's like, yeah, nah, that was loaded weapon one. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, this film's got like comedy. It's got some great lines in it. Danny Glover, like with uh, Dixie, where he's like all dressed up and no one to blow. <laughs> and um Mel Gibson where he's like you know after they Mr. Joshua shot him in the drive-by he's like that was the guy that killed uh, Tom Atkins character from the helicopter he's like how do you know he's like I never forget an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously the classic that I always like to use sometimes is you know is, let's do what one shepherd said to the other and get the flock out of here. But uh, it's got I, some, I mean, Shane Black, I, I don't know how much of that was Shane Black and how much of that was um, Jeffrey Boe, I'm doing the uncredited comedy pass on it, but it's just such good jokes in it.
2: I think, yeah, it, but they could deliver it because yeah. they always had to. And the, my favourite bit about it was always the saxophone. That was always my kind of little signal of like something funny is happening or something corny is happening because they're going down, wow, 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 wow.
1: that was. um michael Kamen's idea with scott i love michael cayman um yeah eric clapton doing the guitar was riggs and uh it was david Sanborn doing the sax and that was meant to represent murtar
2: ah that makes sense
1: so that's why the saxophone is very like wah, 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 and, yeah you know, a yeah, bit yeah. seinfeldy yeah kind of
2: yeah like, i love that though because it very always... much
1: conveys the uh, i can't believe i've got to put up with this fucking shit
2: yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah that makes it i think that's kind of going back to our point like the beginning when we're saying it's kind of it sets up all the other kind of buddy cop systems is it's all those little bits that just help kind of solidify this film together to help those two characters yeah you know like do you remember i think i can't remember it's two or three when there's a big shootout in the road and then um has got is in his boxers for some reason? Oh, what's he doing? Like, Rig wants a distraction. So, Reese is like, Oh, strip down to your boxers and uh, that, run That's a-
1: the fourth one and knit with the guy with the flamethrower at the beginning.
2: Yes, that's it. Yeah. Great <laughs> distraction. But <laughs> the thing is, like, this crazy thing's going on, and then the sax comes in, and I always find that hilarious. It's just like, you can take a really crazy scene, but you can be like, this isn't serious play the sax kind of thing <laughs> or like you know if Riggs is going for an emotional moment with someone you know because the little guitar you know when he's talking to his dog Max like when he's like and he's I remember being a kid or being young you know like I don't know like 14 15 seeing uh Riggs that he's kind of like caravan on the beach sort of thing and being like that's what I want in
1: life i was gonna say how cool did living in a caravan on the beach look
2: yeah and then and he builds then I, when I, he has I a wife that. and a kid he builds on the caravan on the beach i know <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, that fuck? always stuck out with me in that film yeah it's like, we'll i kind of feel like you'd have moved into a house by now, <laughs> possibly like next to roger
2: yeah no there's just uh there's nothing wrong with his
1: caravan still got some years no it. it's awesome yeah. I mean, if, if you can find a woman who's willing to let you carry on living in a car. <laughs> but I think
2: that's, that's I think that's what the funny, funny thing is, though, isn't it? Like nowadays, I think when you've got houses and all the rest of it, you're always looking for like more than what you need. Whereas I think when you see Regis's character, I guess because he's ex-military or whatever, it's more about well, where are you and what can you see? And like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose the him living in a temporary home kind of thing cements that you know he's not planning on being around for long no no so i suppose him it's almost like potentially wanted the third film to be him starting to build on the side of the caravan it's like yeah. he's almost putting down a permanent residence kind of thing yeah maybe i suppose that's, that he gets shot to shit in the second one but <laughs>
2: yeah it's a shame
1: so kind of by the fourth one at the end of his arc where he's you know married lenny a... rousseau and they are having a kid yeah but maybe he would be in a house and you know he's settled down and yeah. Got a permanent residence kind of thing. But yeah, it's. Say, it's, it's almost like a I, symbol. It never it? really yeah. occurred to me when I first watched it. It was only since like, you know, last few times I watched it, I was like, eh, it makes sense he'd live in a caravan.
2: Yeah. It's fucking logical. I, I well, think that's what's clever. Well, not clever, but they show so much of both of their lives, don't they? Like, you see Roger in this kind of suburban house that's constantly being remodeled, rebuilt, and. Family running around everywhere, kids growing up, and all the rest of it. And then you always see Riggs's life, which is a lot more kind of solitary on his own. He's got the pickup that's only two seat with the dog in it, and yeah, you know, like very practical, very kind of, um you know, like is to do his. It's for his life, isn't it? Really, the kind of four by four pickup sort of thing yeah. scenario. Whereas roger's whole life is the kind of big estate car and it's the
1: family wagon and the.
2: do you know what i mean like and all the jokes where he you know where riggs rips into him about how shit his car is you know and they're doing like a car chase and the whole the new station wagon's being ripped apart and the sides are falling off it and stuff and he's like don't don't scratch the car my wife and riggs is like the car's a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's that bit have you ever seen Paddington I know this is a completely yes, adjacent thing I have, yeah where he takes her to the hospital to have the baby on a motorbike and when she comes <laughs> out he's got a Volvo <laughs> yeah 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 it's like I imagine that was Murta.
2: well that's that's what it's like isn't it like I know um with another kid on the way me and my wife kind of sat there and I was like looking at the other day I was like I hey, do you want to people carry it now she's like why do you need people carry it for I was like There's not much room in the car as it is with all of his crap in it. Like, if there's another one, it's double the amount of crap. Do I need a people carrier? Maybe.
1: Before you know it, you've got a nine-seater. Yeah. You like
2: you like just for going on
1: holidays, you need like a little mini wagon.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? (laughs) They've got the old roof boot.
1: Yeah, I (laughs) said.
2: Got off topic here again. Sorry, everyone.
1: No, that's all right. It, it, it fits well. I like Murtagh's journey as well in this. I mean, it's more subtle than Riggs's. But I find... Sort of, I found know, it he weird. just has to give it all up, but then once his family's in danger. Yeah,
2: I found Murtagh's character is kind of... Like, Riggs's character develops over four films. I know we're not talking about the other films, but he, his character develops, and when he comes in, he's kind of a young gun. I kind of feel like... I, I, I like Murtagh's story that he's retiring part of me wishes that he was retiring for a reason because when you get to film four you're like why the fuck are you still a cop
1: yeah because is he retiring in this one or is it
2: yeah yeah he's like I... oh, he's getting close to retirement then in the second one is it the he second is, one reti- he's, yeah, is retiring They have the cake and stuff don't they and then obviously clearly, doesn't retire because then there's the third one and the fourth one and a part of me feels like and I guess to some extent when he wrote the first film, he probably wasn't thinking I'm going to write a second film and a third film. So you know, you so
1: in this film is quite nice for Murtar, just him. And I like that Murtagh the one who's responsible for um, Mitchell Ryan's character's death. So they they yeah. get one each kind of thing. It would have been very yeah. easy to give it all to Riggs.
2: Yeah. And
1: Let's not forget that Murtar gets the hero kill in. Beast of Weapon 2 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Briggs was meant to die at the end of that film, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, which Honestly. I thought was quite interesting. And I'm glad they didn't kill him. Because I think that would have been a... I mean, it would have been a good ending, I guess.
1: But I don't know if yeah, I would have had if you weren't going to go for a third or fourth film, then... I mean, I don't like when characters are like die anyway. I always feel that it's a little bit like I'm being mm. cheated out of a better ending.
2: Yeah. It's a bit of an easy out, isn't it? It, it is. It's...
1: I mean, it works in some things. It worked like in Alien 3 with Ripley. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Because you're kind of like, how much more shit can this woman go through?
2: <laughs> I mean, she has a hard life. Yeah.
1: You know? I mean, Alien 3 is a very different film with a, other um, <laughs> its own problems. but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> they get worse from there on, in my opinion, to be fair. so
1: Yeah. Like I say well sort of briefly on the side Alien 3 would be great if it wasn't for the fact it shits all over Aliens yeah by going like, you know that family dynamic you invested in yeah we killed them yeah <laughs> it's like off screen as well it's like great fuck me <laughs> <laughs> if you watch it in isolation it's a really good film yeah I mean it's not a masterpiece but it's a really good atmospheric film
2: I think, yeah I think I think like with me Aliens is you know the first one is obviously uh, is what I love I think it's amazing I like the cast are like the way it kind of builds up, and it in my mind, I remember watching it the first time. Watch it, being like, "When's this going to get going?" You know, and then it suddenly gets going, and you're like, "Fucking hell!" And it just <laughs> you're like, like, "When
1: the fuck is this going to slow down a minute?"
2: Jesus. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then as it kind of gets on, I think like the more and more films, the, the fact it's probably what I mean. It's the name, isn't it? But there aren't many alien films. Or, you know extraterrestrial ufo films however you want to kind of label them i mean i know they're in the sci-fi yeah genre but the do it as well as alien you know no. like the, the special effects the designs the character designs the plotting the scenery like and there's such an intense uh mood in those films it's ridiculous you know and i think going back to kind of lethal weapon i think when people start those sort of franchises. And they, they get they almost get like the first kind of real stab at what can we do with this? You know, it's a bit like with Alien and and uh, I'm not going to compare the two because they're completely different. But I guess my point is, is that. You can you have you get to explore it for the first time, so everything's original. Yeah. Whereas I think when you watch films like, say, like Bad Boys or Point Break or whatever, you're you're constantly comparing in the back of your mind, like I've, I've seen this sort of thing before. It wasn't as good as that one or well, that's yeah, not that's as good it. as that one. Or, you know, you're, you're always constantly comparing thereafter, aren't you? It's quite tricky.
0: You don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through the mob without killing anybody, especially me or, or yourself. Then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. I do it real good, you know. Do what? When I was 19, I did a guy in Laos from a thousand yards out. A rifle shot in high wind. Maybe eight or... Even 10 guys in the world could have made that shot. It's the only thing I was ever good at. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I'll see
2: you. Hey, hey Riggs.
0: Go. Yo. You really like my wife's cooking?
1: say this one i think because it was a trendsetter like i say it suffers slightly the jumper scene is very similar to a variation on the dirty harry one Mm
0: -hmm. where dirty
1: harry just shoots the guy off the roof instead of going up there kind of thing um but i mean obviously we're looking at it in hindsight as well we weren't there when it came out kind of thing but it just feels fresh yeah It, it feels it walks that nice line between la noir and buddy cop movie in a way that they don't quite capture in the sequels possibly yeah. towards the end of lethal weapon <laughs> 2 when the shit hits the fan and you know riggs realizes that they were responsible for them killing his wife and they wipe out the entire squad yeah so it goes a bit but even then it's very the actions upped yeah because um, again this is an action movie but it's not very action heavy it's,
2: i think the actions there
1: again though, feels, feels it feels realistic as well but, it? yeah
2: like when um they're being shot at from the helicopter and you, you kind of think to yourself it, it just like it just feels a bit more like like die hard is great right but it's over the top action the whole yep. time like it's it's like it's and I love Die Hard a bit so I'm not even gonna I'm not ragging on it in the slightest but I guess my point is is like that's an explosive all out killing bad guys kind of action like proper action film like same as like Schwarzenegger films like they're just yeah, I like say, hardcore Commander.
1: yeah and Commander's the first one where they were like you know the story doesn't really matter much
2: no yeah. but you just have to kill some. it's like at, pulsating action you're getting the kid back you know yeah um but then with leave a weapon it was all kind of just but it, and it all felt kind of real you know like the end of the film wasn't any like huge massive mega crazy explosion the whole fucking streets blowing up into pieces and you know the whole world's falling apart and it was like it got finished in a, in a kind of in a brawl yeah you know and it was a believable brawl it wasn't like any crazy crazy kind of martial arts it felt like two militant kind of men combating
1: and yeah it looked like you know that thing in your head when you think if i ever have a fight it's going to be like a fucking van damme movie yeah but, but it's very much like that's how they start fighting and then it very much comes down to the um...
2: yeah <laughs> yeah then you're just knackered isn't it just and it's just tackling like, each other and because riggs does that so well like he's never like in all of the films but you know in this one like when he's uh, putting his arm back in the socket and things like that he's not a tough guy really like he is tough but he's not like he he
0: doesn't
2: he doesn't i guess my point is when he puts his arm back in the socket if that was schwarzenegger or stallone like it'd be like bang and they'd be like straight faced be like yeah i can just Put my arm back and I don't really care Riggs does it He's just like
1: oh my god fucking hell like he looks like he's holding back tears oh he yeah
2: <laughs> he's just like in pain and then the the shrink lady comes in didn't she she's like we really need to talk and he's like hey if you want to ask me out you know like, go ahead or whatever it is isn't it but you kind of just think I think that's what I love about it is he's whenever he falls over or falls down, rolls down a hill or gets shot or gets punched or whatever it's never like snap straight back as if it means nothing it's always like a kind of like oh god i've really been a bit really been through it a Bit like bruce willis does that doesn't he actually
1: quite well whenever he's yeah in action films, he's
2: always like i'm oh, fucked <laughs> <Like,
1: laughs> it's very much the you know i'm fucked and then you see the adrenaline kick in again yeah certainly yeah. very much is. i love the contrast between like rigs running down the middle of the freeway chasing a car and then it cuts to Danny Glover who's just kind of like fuck
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's not even go. done for laughs
1: it's just a really nice contrast between the yeah. two of us, cops yeah that is brilliant <laughs> it's just really it's like I say it's the little character beats like that with them
2: and they got the they got the age really like well matched between them I think yeah like you can see the way they're behaving and everything and their kind of attitude that it feels believable that those two people would work together and if they were on the beat together Riggs would definitely be that guy and Mertar would be that guy it's not like either one of them are trying to like it didn't feel like they having to act very hard yeah. into their kind of age range
1: no that's what I mean it's just yeah because like I say um, Danny Glover was 10 years younger than he's supposed to be in the film but he does old yeah. man well, you know, 50s not old anymore but in the 80s fifties no. <laughs> that's well old yeah <laughs> now now I'm in my 40s It's like 50's no age at all
2: 50's nothing, you can do anything The world's still in front of you
1: <laughs> It is weird how much older people Looked in the 80s though, isn't it Yeah, yeah we were just like, saying I look that, at a film and I'm, like... like, I'm like Mel Gibson was like 30 odd when he did this film like, yeah. He looks older than I What's do he? Yeah God. Um, I can't remember exactly, he was definitely in his 30s Oh bloody
2: hell That
1: makes me feel old but it's it's just that weird thing like, i never feel like i've grown up because no you always looked older at 40 than
2: yeah well we were just saying that not we? we were like oh god we don't look the same age as danny glover in lethal weapon like that's a bit weird
1: <laughs> don't look the same age as mel gibson in lethal weapons
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
1: it's like when you compare like Roger Moore, how old he was in his final Bond film. Daniel Craig's older in his final Bond film than Roger Moore was. It's like, but Roger Moore looks like he was like seventy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Daniel Craig looks older, but he doesn't look old.
2: Yeah. No. He's yeah, I guess old. it lets slightly in the face, maybe like in the last one. Like maybe there's a bit of him that I was like, oh god, you're really like, it's taken it out of you now. But I think that's, you know, going off topic again. But I think that's what was good about the last Bond is that he did yeah. look like he'd had enough. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but he didn't look like Roger Moore viewed to a kill old. No. Given that he was against an aged appropriate actress again. Yeah,
2: Roger Moore was always a bit of a, in my eyes, a kind of a bit of an inappropriate granddad.
1: Yeah, I always liked the thing with Roger Moore that uh, he realised it was time to stop being Bond when Tanya Roberts said that her mum was a massive fan of him. And he was like, oh. god, Like I say, if you you got the looks, but like I say, people in the 80s just seem to look older than all yeah. of their age potentially I guess so they live I guess live people lived now. harder
2: didn't they that's it you know like when I think of my dad my
1: dad I is, said they all lived through the 60s so
2: yeah yeah like my dad is probably about the same age as Mel Gibson I think and um yeah he looks bad <laughs> <laughs> that's smoking and drinking and you know like not really giving the monkeys about health and stuff I guess so it just happens isn't it
1: my my thing is like the band Toto <laughs> And it's like, you know, awesome music, but you look at them and they look like your dad and his mates got together yeah. down the pub. Like, we're going to start a band, lads. It's like, yeah, cool. It's exactly the same. That's not like like what had... my dad and his football mates look like. Yeah, I think but we spoke like, about when you find this. Out it... they were like 30-odd, you like, no 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 no, 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 no. not just like that. 40s to 50s,
2: it yeah. Because I think we remember talking about this when we uh, spoke about um, Big Trouble last time because John Carpenter and his mates uh, – yeah. Theme these didn't they and the music video they're all in like cardigans and stuff like just sat there like,
1: having yeah, again, a jamming like sesh. your dad and his mates yeah big <laughs> time like, we've been down the pub we played some pool let's go break out the yeah. keyboards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right then so sort of a few questions then to sort of wrap up talking about the film mm-hmm. uh, is this a christmas movie you got jingle bell rock at the beginning it's a, a shane black so it's, they tend to always be set at christmas mm-hmm. but sort of the die-hard debate it always comes up for but is this a christmas movie as well
2: i've never thought of it as a christmas film i've always thought of die-hard as a christmas film but not i think it's the weather in this is
1: yeah it doesn't
2: doesn't really come up i mean apart from obviously the christmas tree scene and like you say, the music and stuff i
1: guess (laughs) And watching a scrooge (laughs) oh yeah it's
2: Christmas fucking day yeah
1: um I think Die Hard's got sort of a Christmassy story out to it as well in the basic story. You know, yeah, a guy who just wants to get to his family for Christmas kind of thing. And, this we, one, and the desert scene really takes this out of having any Christmassy feeling.
2: I, I think that the only reason that Die Hard feels more Christmassy than this one is because people um, promote Die Hard as a Christmas film. Yeah, I think if I watched yeah, Die I Hard mean, without thinking about Christmas, it wouldn't really play that big a role. Apart from it being a Christmas part, an office party. Yeah. Um, but I think people really push hard that it's like, oh, yeah, Die Hard, the best Christmas film ever. And, it, and I remember hearing that years ago and being like, well, I mean, I'll add it to the Christmas film list because I fucking That's love Die Hard. I, I just leave into I it like, it's
1: sort of that, you know, it's a good excuse. It's like I had Batman returns to the Christmas movie list. It's not a Christmas yeah. movie at all. It just happens to be set at Christmas.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's very snowy.
1: <laughs> and I think like, you know, the reds and greens and that work nicely in a noiry film
2: yeah 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 in
1: a backdrop kind of thing but yeah. um no i i sort of had to ask the question because you know it, it's asked i'm definitely gonna add dialogue. it to
2: the christmas list now though now that you said that i'm like technically i could blag that with the wife that it is a christmas film and therefore i can add it into my my wife does this thing at christmas where um last year was it i think it was last year she's like would it be great to watch a christmas film every day up until christmas and I was like, that sounds horrific. Like 25 Christmas films.
1: Just on Christmas 24. Yeah. The Ascent of the Sky movie channel. But we did it.
2: We did, we did do it. And we got to like Boxing Day and both of us were so really like, what do you want to watch? And it was like, anything that isn't festive. <laughs> <laughs> but now I can, add, I can add Lethal Weapon into that mixture. That'd be quite good.
1: You can have Lethal Weapon, you can have Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you can have Iron Man 3. They're all set at Christmas.
2: Iron Man 3?
1: Yeah. This is another Shane Black film a christmas what? tree in tony stark's house before it gets blown up
2: okay that's, i think that's a bit of a tenuous link there isn't it really? i know
1: but if you've got a, it's christmas, look, he's
2: got a tree he's got a fucking tree
1: <laughs> i'm just trying to help you with your christmas movies
2: good, before I'll you know it you. you're like
1: you know if this one's got dean cain in it it went straight to video but yeah <laughs> you're watching the pups that saved christmas or whatever oh god yeah
2: snow dogs returns <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but yeah no like i say because it's it has that tenuous Christmas link, so and if, yeah. if Die Hard considered a Christmas movie, I thought this one deserved a fair consideration. No, it has not I... any similarities to Die Hard. It's got Michael Kamen's score. It's got um, the actor uh, Grandell Bush. Uh, he's one of the uh, Agent Johnson. Oh one yeah, that isn't Robbie? He's in both. So there's a few tenuous links to Die Hard as well. But but yeah, no. What film was it where
2: I can I read it in the notes somewhere? But there's someone. One of them, I can't remember what it was now, but it basically said that it was on one of the films is on the TV promoting the other one that was out at the same time.
1: I, I know Lost Boys is on the cinema That's in the background in this.
2: Yeah. And I think in Lost Boys. This is on the TV or something. Uh, yeah, I think that was it. that They crossed yeah, over
1: here. Warner's like to do little crossover, things like that.
2: Yeah. Thank you. That would have driven me nuts. I knew what? it was another epic film yeah because Lost Boys is an amazing film as well
1: yeah I love Lost Boys never bothered with the belated straight to DVD sequels that they did
2: Uh, Uh, anything goes straight to DVD I um, I mean Tony will tell you that they're amazing probably but that means you should avoid them at all (laughs) costs
1: I I don't mind some Like the Darkman sequels are alright they're not good but they're alright yeah Um, just for you know a fun bit of shit and to be fair the Tremors sequels were all straight to (sighs) DVD
2: Oh, my God, Tremors is, all, all of the Tremors are amazing.
1: The like, native five to seven, was it the last one? Or a bit. I'm not as yeah. big a fan of them, but they didn't have the original Stampede crew involved, so.
0: The
2: good thing with Tremors is it knows what it is.
1: Yeah.
0: You want it all? Yep. He wants it all. He wants it all. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, congratulations. Well, maybe a nice 6 to put it under, huh? <laughs> you want a tree? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll give you the best tree I got in a lot for nothing. Hey, thanks. But the shit's gonna cost you, uh, a hundred. What, that much? Hey, you said you liked it? That's a fair price. Yeah. Yeah, hell, you only live once. <laughs> Get this together here. <laughs> 20, 40, 60, 70, 25. Hey, what the fuck? Hey, man. 90, hey, come on, shut up, man. I'm losing count. 93, 94,
1: 95, 96... Forget it, you dumb shit! 100,000!
0: 100,000 dollars! Did you hear what he said? 100,000? I'm, I'm sorry, I can't afford that, not on my salary. But look, I tell you what, I got a better idea. Here, now, let me say I uh, I take the whole stash off your hands for free, and you assholes can go oh, to jail. Hey, what do you whoa, say about that? A- Now I can read you guys your rights, but now you guys already know what your rights are, darling. (laughs) This badge ain't real. You ain't real. Oh, you sure are a crazy son of a bitch. You think
2: I'm crazy? Yeah. Are you you calling me
0: crazy? You think I'm crazy? Yeah, you wanna see crazy? (laughs) I'll (laughs) tell (laughs) you... Now that's a real badge, I'm a real cop, and this is a real fucking gun
1: i like that richard donner's house was used for the drug bus scene where the guy ends up getting shot and falling in the pool yeah <laughs> that was richard donner's house <laughs>
2: well,
1: that was that's a nice brilliant. touch
2: i didn't know that that's cool
1: so, uh murtar in the script wasn't written color specific but i think there was a couple of other people they went to but nobody that really rang that i could find any solid confirmation on that they were ever actually approached yeah um
2: that's because i think i read somewhere where um what was it black or someone like that was saying that there was it it wasn't him one of the guys involved said that um they didn't see Murtar as the lead as, as Murtar, because he was black and then being a liberal person was like I can't believe I just said that like yeah Murtar can be whatever like white black um
1: I wish I could remember it was like so they weren't particularly exciting names I know William Hurt was one of the names that was tossed around for Riggs, but then the same thing I had Robert De Niro and Al Pacino was Riggs as well. Yeah. Did and that you just hear? Sort of sounds a little bit like we're just pulling names out of our ass that were kicking around at the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Did you hear that Len, Len, they wanted le- potentially Leonard Nimoy to uh, to direct it?
1: Yeah, I saw that. I suppose. After,
2: he was... uh, after he'd done Star Trek Three, Return yeah. of Spock. I
1: was it's, like. This to be around the same time as Three Men and a Baby as well, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah. I just found that quite bizarre. I was like, I couldn't, can't imagine Leonard Nimoy like doing this film. Period. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I suppose though, I, I love Richard Donner, but you had The Omen, Superman and The Goonies. Yeah. None of those three particularly scream buddy cop action movie.
2: No, true.
1: But I mean, he's i love richard Donner is one of those directors that was very underrated at the time
2: i think sometimes though that like you know you have you have sometimes you have directors that are directors and you know yeah. as a director whereas is then an nimoy spock to me you know yeah and i think that's, that's I mean, why i can't Nimoy's really get over
1: decent, was was a pretty decent director as well
2: yeah
1: um it's like you know whether you like three men or and a baby or not it's very but then those are also those sort of films from that time we they feel functional yeah, To a certain degree, this is one of those films that, if you're not particularly a directory person, just feels like it could have been directed by anybody. Uh, and I don't mean that as an insult, but like you know, as a functional,
0: mm, mm, we
1: just mm. got in, unnamed director. Do it, but it's got some nice little touches in it that you don't particularly notice. Like I say, unless you're a filmy person, you sort of start looking out for them, kind of thing. That um, sounds like I'm shitting on Richard Donner. I'm very much not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what films always need. They don't need like a Tarantino-y Flash or...
2: Well, I think it's funny, isn't it? Because when we've we've talked about films in the past, like Donna isn't a name like Carpenter to me or Spielberg or like, you know, Michael Bay or... There are some directors that you hear the name and you, you sometimes just follow them like yeah. James Cameron you're like oh go and watch a James Cameron film because it's James Cameron and I'm sure it's gonna be ridiculously epic and he's probably gonna blow you like the, the budget's gonna go like through the fucking ceiling it's gonna be hilarious whereas there are some films that you love because of that film but I couldn't tell you who directs them because I don't really care because the film's so good I'm not
1: I, see I think Richard Donner suffers a little bit from Rob Reiner syndrome mm-hmm. Rob Reiner is a fantastic director but I think because you can't really pigeonhole him because obviously he does comedies he does misery he does yeah. few good men Yeah. All these different films. Yeah. And it's just sort of it's not a flashy director.
2: No. And the films are are standalone, good on their
1: own. So you're kind of you're not really. It's like even Superman. It's like it's fucking Superman, isn't it?
2: They're equally they're not they're not people that you see a lot in the, you know, in public. Like,
1: yeah,
2: you know, there's not controversy about them. There's not they're not like big they don't come across as being big personality sort of people i mean maybe they are but they're just never quite
1: yeah it's not like your scorseses or your no you know or your clint eastwoods who obviously moved from acting so therefore became a superstar director yeah yeah you know very much good at what they do very good directors but don't necessarily pull the focus and attention that.
2: yeah
1: it's not like now where you know a tarantino film is sold on being a new tarantino film The Christopher new Christopher Nolan film is sold on beating the new Christopher Nolan film. Yeah, it's like what's it about? It's like who gives a fuck? It's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, (laughs) we'll watch it based on that first, and yeah, story second kind of thing. Um, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but um, all right. Is this the best Lethal Weapon movie? There's, There's four to choose from. In in your opinion? No. No.
0: Well.
1: Oh, fuck so I, I think two's an easier watch
2: i love number two because i like the i like his character in it because he's a lot more you kind of he's kind of more self-assured and you're not trying to do character development so much in yeah. number two. So yeah, i feel so like it's a lot you've more fast on the arc,
1: haven't you with riggs riggs you could argue that this film's got the same thing that robocop has is by the end of robocop murphy's gone on his journey and his arc is yeah. complete so any sequels you have to reset him a bit yeah and they kind of do that a little bit with Ether weapon 2 with the discovery that they killed his wife and then obviously they kill patsy kens as well yeah. which kind of resets Riggs a little bit yeah
2: and then and then i guess the thing is too it's that the fact is going you learn more about his past and equally then he kind of gets to closure on that film after yeah having vengeance essentially i love i know it's annoying but i do like leo gets yeah in the third one i find pesci's i i remember when it came out i remember seeing a video cover where he's like that like kind of squeezing in between glover and uh
1: that's the third one i had that poster on my wall i got it yeah you should go in the video shop and take whatever posters they had in the free posters
2: that's such a cool cool image
1: (laughs) i had like lethal weapon 3 and peter's friends it's like i had no interest in i just thought it looked cool yeah 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 (laughs)
2: But I did but like gets and um
1: Lethal Weapon 2's got one of my favourite I think it's possibly my favourite Lethal Weapon sort of gag thing of when they knock on the door when they first go to protect Leo Gets. Like police open up, it's like how do I know you're yeah. the police are like after I shoot you through the door you can examine the bullet.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. And then he's like ordering he's ordering all the food and stuff, isn't he? Just like that, fucking rinse all free? the card. It's free, it's free, <laughs> it's free, it's free. It's not free. Put it back. Okay, 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 okay,
1: okay. <laughs> and you know you've seen lethal weapon too if you can't go through a drive through without thinking in the back of your mind they fuck you at the drive-thru yeah yeah <laughs> like every time i've ordered apple pie with a mcdonald's drive-thru been like, i know it's not going to be in the bag yeah but at least i can they do my joe in the drive it's because they know you so can't good. bother to go back yeah
2: he's so good i think he just adds because he just really gets adds that weird Extra dynamic, doesn't it? He kind of yeah. always brings those two even more firmly together because they just hate Leo.
1: Yeah. But got then
2: Motar the gets him to Sully's house, which I never got. And he's like, "I can't lie to you. This whole world may have been smashed in a drug raid."
1: <laughs> Come upstairs, I'll show you the bathroom. There's been some reconstruction.
2: Yeah, a bomb went off in the bathroom. Someone got shot in the garage. <laughs> i gotta give you complete confidentiality i gotta give you complete confidentiality whatever it is yeah
1: i love the career arc of leo he goes from like you know <laughs> launderer a, a launderer for the mob or for the um south africans to yeah. an estate a, a real estate agent to a private yeah. detective in the fourth one
2: <laughs> the private detective because like, she has that patch <laughs> <laughs>
1: So when his face is all scratched up, Chris was like, "When are you gonna learn? No means no." It's, like, it's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so they they definitely lean more into the comedy. I think yeah. Shane Flat was involved in Lethal Weapon 2 and then yeah. walked away when they wanted to take, uh, make it a lighter tone. I think he was the one that wanted to kill Riggs off. Yeah, which the end of the second series of the TV series, they do kill Riggs off.
2: Yeah, because they have as, to be.
1: as much as it shit on the TV show. Um, yeah. So what were your feelings on the T V show? Because obviously it's it was recast in everything. <clears throat> I kind of feel like it, it should be addressed.
2: I I binge watched it because it was lethal weapon. Um it's uh Winans, isn't it? He's um
1: I Way- Waynes is Murtar is- and Claims Crawford is briggs yeah.
2: So yeah, I Murtar I think he was a bit too cool, to be fair.
1: That was I always my problem with it. Murtagh was yeah. very much a, a down, not downtrodden, but, you know, just a guy. He's meant trying to, to get be through like life. a dad. Yeah.
2: he meant to be like a normal, not not necessarily normal, but, you know, he's meant to be like not super cool, kind of slickly dressed. And I felt like there wasn't anything there. Like it just seemed weird when the two of them were together. It was like they both looked cool.
1: Yeah, it was a little bit like was, they'd sort of mixed Murtagh with mike lowry from Bad yeah
2: yeah very good yeah yeah of course yeah
1: um I, I didn't hate it it just it didn't feel like murtagh to me
2: no we didn't have it because um, usually like i mean he was doing the complaining and stuff but it was a bit unrealistic cause you're like well he's not they're about the same age they 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 both look like they're young in their careers it's not this whole he's retiring you know they, they're trying to do it but it just it to me i was just i was like
1: it felt a little bit at times as well, like they were trying to shoehorn in sitcom-type stories. Yeah. Obviously, Damon Wayans had come off of My Wife and Kids. Yeah. And it felt a little bit like, you know, Yeah. they were shoehorning things like, you know, yeah, I'm an action guy, you get stuck in a Banksy castle or whatever, and it's like...
2: Yeah, yeah. Feels
1: yeah, for yeah,
2: yeah, it does not
1: um, I thought they got rigs, did rigs really well in the TV series. I think that's why it failed when they tried to do a third series without him. I
2: th- yeah, I think when they did, when they... The dude that played Riggs, I was really anti before I watched it. I
1: was when I watched the trailer, I was like, yeah." I was like, thing.
2: "Who the fuck is this guy trying to be Riggs?" Like, there is only one Riggs. Mel, Mel Gibson is Riggs. That's it. End of story. Like, I don't want to see anyone else's Riggs. Like, why? Why? Why do we need this? Fuck off.
1: Stop it. Just rooting... like shave off that mustache and cut your fucking hair. Yeah. <laughs> Get and then those going. were things I really came to love about him as well I was like, yeah, yeah it kind of makes sense he'd have a mustache and just unkept hair
2: yeah and then as it as he kind of like and what was quite interesting is you could the chemistry wasn't there but you could tell that he just really didn't like murder like there's a real yeah, I think because those really two didn't like
1: each other in real life yeah or grew to not like each other in real life because
2: They actually hate each other, didn't they? That's why they got pulled off the film, wasn't it? There's there's conflicting
1: things. The stuff that mostly seems to ring true, I must admit, I'm more on the Clayne Crawford side of it because there's just certain things that didn't make sense Mm. looking into it kind of thing. Um, I imagine he was possibly difficult to work with as well and that he sounded like he was committed to trying to do the best job he could and wasn't used to the way of doing it. But it's just, it worked well for their relationship, them two not getting on. Yeah. It came across nicely in the relationship between the two of them. It wasn't the same as the relationship. You sort of, you know, the love was there kind of thing. But
2: I mean, I feel like, because some people, you know, like when people don't get on in as actors in films, some people go, oh, that's a shame that they didn't get on afterwards. But then the best films, when two actors aren't meant to really like each other or have a frictious relationship, it works better if they don't get on because they actually generally don't have a distaste. Like if you think of Jaws with um Harper and uh with uh,
1: Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw.
2: Thank you. Absolutely despised each other. Yeah. And in the film they don't you can they you know, he's a moon biologist, he's a fisherman. Like they they, they they should like be frictious. They should not like each other. And you get that I feel like, you know, that was a classic made the film better because yeah. they both, they just had that kind of one upmanship, contentment for each other. And it really felt like they were constantly trying to outdo each other. And I felt like that was a bit in for Weapon that kind of saved it for me. Is that the, the way that in that TV program is that Riggs is, feels like he's always trying to just push ever so yeah. slightly or just kind of, you know, and like Murtar is not really sure and is kind of a bit disgruntled as well he kind of makes him a bit more he becomes a bit more of a grump as it goes on in my eyes yeah. like and i feel like that's because they were falling they just really weren't getting on it got to the point where you could just tell that they were like not quite
1: well, yeah because i think by the end they weren't even filming scenes at the same time no it was like all done through clever editing but like i say i think it worked like i, said, I didn't watch the third series because i was just no. kind of like fucking you know how can you have a lethal weapon without the lethal weapon was
2: it like sean william scott Sean william
1: scott which again nothing against him i love sean william it was, scott but he's was instantly like, in just a bad situation
2: <laughs> i was like well i saw it come up saying that oh you know i saw the the kind of um, thing on was it amazon or i think it was on
1: amazon it's on amazon prime yeah, the yeah first two series
2: yeah it kind of came up and it was i was like having a look at it sort of thing i thought oh and i read that sean william scott was in it and i thought so what like so who's he now like, he surely can't be Riggs, because...
1: Well, yeah, because originally he was going to be Riggs, then he was going to be Riggs' brother that we never heard of, and Riggs' cousin, and then, like, just make it a different character. But.
2: I don't understand why they did... They did, Like, I mean, we all talk about this all the time, don't we, and about all different franchises, but why the fuck do they need to do that? I, I don't... Let, know. Let's, let's try and bring someone else in. Like, let, maybe he could be a strange brother or an evil twin. It's like, really? Fucking hell. Like, just... Like say, a if, bit
1: if Clain Crawford had decided he wanted to go fair enough do what you can to save the series but mm. if you're firing the dude just be kind of like got to cut our losses lot. here yeah. Damon Wayans was clearly not interested in doing it anymore by that point I you know. can tell in his performance he's bored shitless
2: yeah
1: Um, which there's quite a good interview with Clain Crawford where he's like he thinks that you know Damon Wayans was sold the same crock of shit that he was but you know what it was going to be and then when he gets there and finds that it's not what it's going to be yeah. Um, I mean, like I say, Damon Waynes is great and stuff. Um. Yeah, I mean, like he, really the
2: last was it? Was he in the last Boy Scout? Was he in yes, that? Yes. Yeah. That's a brilliant film. That's the he's film. In that, that I he's
1: in Bulletproof with Adam Sandler, which isn't a yeah. particularly good film, but I love it.
2: Yeah. No, it's funny. It's funny.
1: Um. But yeah, it's just like I said, I liked it. It was interesting to see it reboot, and obviously, there's been long been talk for fifth. Lethal weapon.
2: Yeah, it should be definitely.
1: Which I think Mel Gibson, after Richard Donner died, said that Richard Donner had asked him to carry it on. You know, if somebody was going to direct it, it had to be Mel Gibson directing it. I, I kind of feel we left it at four, though. We left it in a good spot. that's what they're going to be, they're going to be like, well, if Danny Glover was meant to be 50 in 87. Yeah, it'd be like 70. <laughs>
2: it'd be no, well, it'd be way
1: old, like 90 yeah yeah it's over 30 years isn't it so yeah in his 80s
2: i'd love the idea of a fifth lethal weapon because i just love lethal weapon um but i think mel Gibson could still do a good rigs but danny glover is way too old
1: yeah to, to be to be a good murder like i see him a in a few in films movie, and i've got no time for passing the torch movies as a rule it works in things no. like ghostbusters afterlife but
2: yeah we did like a thing i've seen him in a few films lately and he's kind of he's just a bit doddery and i'm just like I, I don't think i'd really want to see murder like that
0: yeah
2: you know i just i i I, I can't understand any the way they could do it in my mind is like what are they like retired or something and then it, they'd, they'd get... have
1: to be retired and either you know run in a private detective agency or yeah or they'd get they have to focus on or... the kids wouldn't they?
2: yeah or maybe like Leo gets...
1: murtagh's grandson and i can't even remember what kids they had at the end yeah but like the kids i mean there's interesting things you do with it like you know a female rigs would be quite interesting who's fucking crazy
0: mm.
1: but you wouldn't have that lethal weapon dynamic if Rene russo and mel gibson were still alive in the constitution it did was you driving watch, that
2: did you watch the last uh jane silent bob film
1: The reboot one yes where
2: yes. he kevin smith's daughter's in it yeah and it's just like this is the worst thing you've ever done like I, struggle, I struggle to watch that film. I'm a it's, massive. Got a couple of,
1: it's got a couple of beautiful moments in it. Ben Affleck talking about becoming a father. Yeah. That was beautiful. But the rest of it I was like, this is just horrible. It feels like yeah. somebody who's a fan of Kevin Smith made a Kevin Smith film.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm a massive Smith fan.
1: Like I am. I love
2: huge. It. Absolutely huge.
1: He's responsible and for one of the best summers of my life where I was like, got some friends together and some people I didn't know. And
2: made like, a film. bought
1: a very expensive fucking camera and made a film. Yeah. But well, that's it though, isn't it? It's like it's even nice. though nothing ever came of that film, yeah. Yeah, you know, we edited it together and we showed it in local cinemas and that, but it, you know Did <laughs> it? Clearly, clearly, I'm not out fucking hobnobbing yeah. with the rich and famous, now No. Well I mean, it was just an amazing experience. But <laughs> well, obviously you know, I'm slumming it in the world of comics. Yeah. And <laughs> with people who are making comics so they can make movies. I'm on yeah. to all of you fuckers. Despite what you say.
2: <laughs> but yeah I guess my point is, is when I watched that I was like this is why you never have like a, you know like a, an old franchise that then has their kids come along and somehow slot their kids kids in doing the jokes that they were doing because I mean this is where I guess I sound old I think the problem I had with the Smith thing Kevin's like the Smith film was that either his jokes were too old and outdated and not funny anymore or his kids jokes were too young and the two just kind of didn't quite flow or click together and I think if you had a lethal weapon where it was like and Murta's son or daughter or say like you know because Chris Rock was obviously um Mary's Murtagh's daughter yeah, in the fourth he? one isn't it yeah um and he's like wants to fill his shoes and everything. Even if you had, you could probably do Chris Rock and Riggs, but then I
1: watched Chris it, Rock it all, and Joe Pesci. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the movie I want. It's a I, bit like it's the Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, isn't it? It's like we left yeah. Last Crusade at such a nice point, and it's like and now you're bringing me this. Which I don't hate Kingdom of the Crystal Skull; it's perfectly fine. No, but it's I like. Not, I did like it. There's nothing about it that was like, oh, I'm really glad they no. brought it all back just for this one.
2: I remember the, I remember when they said they were doing it and I was excited because I was like, well, I just love Indiana Jones films. And I was like, just excited for the fact that it's not a film. And I remember then kind of getting about halfway through it and being like, hmm, they haven't really done anything new with this. There's not. It's obviously like moved on a bit, but not enough. And then at the end, when Sheer Labouf gets the hat, yeah, like oh so
1: fuck, don't you, don't, do it. It. don't you fucking do it?
2: Don't even. Luckily, they knew better and they gave Harrison Ford took the hat off him.
1: But this is my concern with the fifth one: is that you're going to ignore the fourth one because you know mm. people invested in the fourth one, whether they liked it or not. Mm. And I did like that he finally married Marion, and that it was quite a nice. Yeah. Again, unnecessary, but it was a nice cap off at least for the character. Yeah, but
2: then he's yeah, but he's like you say, his life's all kind of become like you said. He should have really had a house in that one, mm. you know. because Again, no, has...
1: Indiana Jones belongs in the 30s and the 40s. Mm. Once you take him 50s, and obviously his new one's going to be the 60s. There's another like, man one. Man at a time. Yeah, there's a fifth one. Oh God. <clears throat> Speaking of guys too old for this shit. <laughs> mm. But but yeah, I mean. If they made a fifth lethal weapon I'd probably watch it But I don't know if I need it I'd watch it 100% Yeah
2: I'd be be excited for it I think
1: But So it'd have to be a legacy sequel At this point Which Let's face it They're hit and miss Sometimes you get lucky With like a Ghostbusters afterlife And sometimes You don't How old is Danny Glover
2: now?
1: If he was 40 and 80 Or 40ish and 87 He's got to be early 70s Mid 70s 75 75 yeah
2: he looks old just at, I mean I know this is not a visual medium that we're in right now but um, I'm just having a, having a quick look at him he looks he looks old yeah. I mean is old isn't it? Not, it's not crazy old but he shouldn't be working at 75 <laughs> Like he should be retired like, if he, if he's 12, <laughs> he, he, he should shit, be better in fe- an
1: action movie should he, he no. like I say because if he's 75 now his character would have to be 85 yeah unless they're going to do some fudging with time kind of thing
2: Mel Gibson 66. So I feel like you could totally, he could still be in Lethal Weapon, couldn't he? 66. He could be, that's like right at the end of the, yeah, I feel like that's right at the end of like career there, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I feel they'd either have to just bring Danny Glover back for a cameo or bring him back to kill him off. Neither of which I particularly want. I'd much rather go out on that family mm-hmm. photo at the end mm-hmm. of four. Yeah could argue that he didn't really need four but
2: <laughs> I
1: like I like four I think There's a I couple think of like number Rachel three was like, so, yeah with it now, but yeah but at least they brought Sam the dog back for the fourth one because he wasn't in the third one
2: I well, didn't I don't think they could afford him
1: no well and they brought in <laughs> the other dog hadn't they yeah <laughs> yeah adopts the guard dog the bad guy's place but
2: because he has a bit of a kind of uh, Mick Dundee thing with the animals, isn't he? Yeah. It's
1: because he, he got the dog biscuits in his pocket, yeah. isn't he. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, I've had dogs run at me being a postie. It, that shit doesn't work.
2: <laughs> you can throw anything at them, they don't give a shit.
1: <laughs> if I do that with my fingers, they'll take my fucking fingers off. <laughs> oh, sausages. <laughs> hey, come on, man's on <laughs> You know. Way to bring me down at the end. <laughs> but
0: it's, I'm just gonna stand here and talk to you. That's all. You won't, you won't try nothing. No, no, I, I'm, I'm square with you. I, I won't try a thing. I won't try a damn thing. I'll, you think I want to fall off? I promise, I'll just talk to you. Okay. Okay. All right. Here, you wanna, wanna cigarette? Come on, let's smoke. Okay. Yeah. Come on, take it. Yeah. And take our time and both die of cancer. Hey, you leave hey. Out? hey, what are you doing? Oh, no. What are you doing? See this key? Bye-bye. You're crazy! Now, you can jump if you want to, but you'll be taking me with you, and that makes you a murderer. Okay? Come on, let's go you back You bastard! Here. Yeah, you'll be killing a cop. Now, yeah, funny, I'll be so. killing a psycho Not cop! Yeah, psycho, but I'm still a cop. You coming in? Come on, I'm going in. Fuck you! I'm jumping! Do you really want to jump? Do you want to? Well, then, that's fine with me. Come on. Let's do it, so Let's do it. I
1: want to do it. I want to do it. What do you mean? Awesome, man. Um, so before we go, what can people, what you got coming up that people can look out like for? Uh, ah, We've cool. been doing the like mini comics, which thanks for sending those over. I really enjoyed them when they come in.
2: Yeah, they, no, they get. I the think, the last, the last two, well, wow. Yeah, so I've just had printed Bugman, which is uh, about a um, kind of kaiju, kind of giant dude who is on his own in the planet, and then uh, finds finds his significant other in a uh, very sticky ending. <laughs> I'll leave that there to the imagination. Um, but finds love at the end which is quite nice and then truck stuff is about um, uh, yeah, like a kind of one of those uh, petrol stations in the middle of nowhere like in the desert somewhere and um, where the kind of truckers come in and they uh, try and find a happy ending sort of thing um, there's a completely incompetent uh, guy there called Chuck who's actually from the guy from Lips so he's the uh clerk in uh lips so we're in the book when he he uh reminisces and says oh i had to get away from the last place is because of how violent lips was basically but um i think when i did uh truck stop which is a lot, like i said they've just been printed um i did i was a bit like oh jesus this is uh this is this is the the apprehensions of my limit of what I could. Uh, <laughs> cause yeah, because be. truck
1: stop didn't go where I thought it was going to go, which is great.
2: Yeah, no, no.
1: Without giving anything away.
2: Yeah,
1: I <laughs> think I, that's I might it. Have order those from you. I do like having them in print. Yeah, so you I think. Kindly you know, sent me the links to them when you've done them. So yeah. I like this little comic. Sh- I haven't done any comics for a while, but I like the little comic sharing thing. Of, like, yeah. this that's what I've
2: done. This that's why you should I've be done.
1: back more a bit. Yeah, no,
2: definitely. <laughs> you know, like,
1: now we're going to buy them when they're in print anyway <laughs> yeah
2: I think the hard thing is now as well is that we don't there's not as many conventions knocking around so um and we all used to meet up and I think Kirby put a bit of a damper in it so it's nice to kind of still be showing comics because we used to do that quite a lot at all the conventions didn't we like you'd host your convention with everyone would meet there talk about what they're doing what's going on catch up Then you go to the next show which would be like Nottingham, Leamington or something like that then you'd come as a punter or a table or whatever and again everyone would kind of socialise and I think um, luckily we had that amazing network that people like you helped us kind of create Um, but it's not really clicking back to normality I don't think. I feel like we've all I'm telling you, i don't think we've all moved on but i feel like we've all kind of um
1: i think we all need to get our rhythm back don't we it's, yeah. It's, yeah i mean it was really cool during lockdown to be like oh i got a message from daryl oh awesome he sent me his latest comic thing to read yeah comic thing sorry that sounded really fucking right. derogatory no i mean <laughs> it... he sent me his funny book yeah I was gonna, yeah <laughs> but
2: it's
1: just... it, um... yeah no,
2: so um yeah so yeah truck was a was a funny one Um, I I basically I did it printed it and I was like the next one is definitely not going to be quite as uh, x-rated as as the last two I'm gonna the next one I'm looking at is a bit more action led so a bit more kind of back to kind of core violence and stuff I think it's quite fun like um, I'm on a forum with the strangers fanzine guys and um, we all kind of talk about our process and what we do and how we do it and um, one of mine was that i always try and put something in a book that i hate doing yeah that, I, that i'm just i'm not comfortable with or i struggle to draw it or whatever and then i have to confront it learn it draw it become comfortable with it and then i get better yeah and i think that's what the mini comics are there to do really like I'll, I'll scratch the itch or i'll do something well i'll kind of dare myself i think truck stop was definitely me being i almost dared myself I was like can you do one about a glory hole in a truck stop <sighs> can you how can you how can you write something and draw something like this that's not like <laughs> how are you gonna uh how are you gonna swing this one <laughs> kind of thing
1: i'll go and do something for tony and then i'll, <laughs> I'll yeah. be in the right mindset to come I'll back be in now. the right <laughs>
2: mindset yeah so but no that's going really well we um got a lot of good obviously you read hank and that that got a lot of great praise um, and I've started working on Hank Two with Tony now.
1: Awesome.
2: So that's pretty cool. Um, I've seen part. I haven't seen, I don't think he's finished the script, but I've started. I'm like I'm ten pages in or eleven pages in now, so that's good. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so and then I've got a Christmas. I'm not going to commit to it because I think as last ones in on your show, I said I had another one that I was working on, which I'm kind of. It's on the half board now because I've got an idea for a Christmas book which I quite like the idea of doing but it's going to be a weird one because I think when I was the reason I didn't do it last year was because um I kind of came up with it around November and I was like there's no way I can put this thing together and get it out there in time for Christmas
1: yeah you almost have to plan a year in advance don't you, yeah Christmas one. yeah
2: exactly that so I was like I'm gonna to have to start drawing this in like July <laughs>
1: When you're feeling like, the least
2: Christmasy. Yeah, when it's like 30 degrees outside and you know everyone's kind of it's hot and sticky and all the rest of it, and it's you know, and I'm gonna be there drawing like snow scenes and <laughs> you know trying to get in a festive spirit in the middle of the year, it's gonna be a bit weird. So, I was, it, it's in my mind like I'm like I've got, I've written the script, I've got the ideas for it. Um, I did approach tony on it and just was like what do you think and so i'm getting his kind of feedback on it and like what his kind of thoughts are and because why the way i kind of work really with, with the tribute guys is um like i i just do, obviously i do my own stuff like the minis and that but i found it really handy to kind of float stuff over to them like ideas and sketches and stuff and be like do you think this will work or like how can I flip this dy- the dynamics in this? Like with like truck stop for example. When I was talking to Tony about that, um, there are a few points in it where I was like, "Oh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen," and he was like, "Oh, dude, I think that's yeah, that's going to be a bit much. I think that's like crossing a line there." Or um, he was, you know, or or like for example, there was at the end of it, there's going to be like a, a whole other little piece I was going to put on the end. And I was like, does it need it? Does it need that at the end? And I was like talking to Tony, I was like, "Am oh, I might do this or I could just leave it there?" And is that a good line? And he was Tony was like, "Well, yeah, I feel that's a really kind of what more do you need to say? It's he's he said his thing, like yeah. just 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 leave it there. You don't need to like." like almost ring out the ending to make it really obvious that he's going away and this is going on and that's going on he's like people aren't that stupid but my favorite thing in truck stop is that all of the comic titles in it are comic titles i've got written down for short comics for mini comics so like there's one in there called lethal druid (laughs) (laughs) I haven't got a script for it. I've just got a good name.
1: I love doing little shit like that. It's like yeah. one of the comics I did that I don't think it actually worked really well as a comic in the end, but there's a crowd scene. I dotted in either characters from comics I' have already done or characters that I designed for potential yeah. future comics. Yes, just so whether anything ever comes up or not, people will go back to me like Yeah, yeah, that
2: was in that. <laughs> well, I found it really handy because like there's a couple of them when I was I wrote them down. I thought, that's so good. I need to save that. And I put it in the book as a kind of reminder that I can go back and then be like, "What was that idea that I had? Oh yeah, Bazooka Babes, cool."
1: <laughs> One of my favourite things when I was making that film was coming up with like, oh, it was when I made a second film, we were coming up with fake erotic novel titles. Oh, brilliant! It's just like me and Andy sitting around me like, well, "What about nipple to nipple?" It's like, "Yeah, right exactly. no. <laughs> down. Done.
2: That's brilliant. Was, I love that name
1: but no awesome man cheers for doing this like i said i'll put all links in the show notes where people can find you online and the comics and that and uh yeah we'll have to get you on again at some point to do another one
2: yeah no i really enjoy talking about these sort of films well yeah films anything in general really so uh
1: yeah thank awesome. you cheers man take care all right
2: <laughs> yeah i'll see you soon
1: yeah give this to your
0: dad okay uh it's a present for him tell him i won't be needing it anymore it's a bullet yeah, it's a bullet. <laughs> well, he'll understand. Hey, you want to come in? We're, we're building. No, I. Well, I gotta go. You having a nice Christmas, though? Okay. Okay. You too. Right, bye. Bye. I by myself. You crazy. I'll tell you a little secret. What? I'm not crazy. I know. Oh, good. Let's eat. Hey, you know something? Well, I, I think your daughter kind of likes me. If you touch her, I'll kill you. <laughs> You'll try it. Hey, you mind if I bring a friend? Of course you bring a friend. Burbank, the cat's go I'll
1: put five on the That was Lethal Weapon. And why not? I'd like to thank Daryl for joining me on the episode to talk about the film. Be sure to check out his comics and more on his website. I'll put the links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and be bothered to do so, please give the episode a share and tell your friends about it. And why not give the series a follow or a subscribe over on Acast, wherever you have listened to this episode. Or don't, it's up to you. If you've missed any And Why Not episodes so far, you can find them on our podcast channel over on Acast, or on our website at hauntednerds.com, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you like looking at lists, we have an Am Why Not list over on Letterboxd as well, which has all the episodes we've featured so far on it. Join us back here next week when I'll be joined by Damien Edwardson to discuss Beverly Hills Cop. But until then, this has been a Nerds Who Haunted Themselves production, and I've been Stuart Moraine. Thanks for listening, and remember, you're never too old for this shit. Bye for now. Let's
0: do what one shepherd said to the other shepherd. What? Let's get the block out of here.